This is the first of two special editions of the Wickham Festival podcast, featuring highlights from the 2018 festival. You will hear interviews with John Ilsley from Dire Straits, Kate Rusby, Phil Swill Odgers, and Tom Robinson. But first up is Alison Wheeler. Alison, from the south, welcome to Wickham, or welcome back to Wickham, I should say. Thank you very much. What a gorgeous day for it, eh? And it's such a nice setting as well, isn't it? Stunning. I drove down from London this morning. It's just been wall-to-wall sunshine all day. So, yeah, stunning day so far. I think since you were last here, your your lineup's changed a little bit. Yes. uh, Dave Hemingway, who was the original member of the Beautiful South and in the House Martins as well, sang with me since the very beginning but he decided he wanted to retire from performing for now Um, so in December 2016 he called time and we were all a bit of a quandary what to do we didn't want to stop, we were still enjoying ourselves we felt the momentum was building and we all agreed it'd be wrong to bring somebody completely new into the group because it would be like it had to rebuild the friendships all over again so uh, I can't remember who suggested that Gaz Bertels, our saxophone player might be a good opportunity, good person to sing and replace um, Dave Hemingway and by gosh he's got a set of pipes on him, he's, he's done an amazing job and the fans have been very receptive and supportive because he's actually been with the beautiful South since 1989 I joined in 2002 so he's got a lot longer story to tell about being with the band so it's nice to keep it in the family as it were and he's got some connection with the, the back catalogue of the beautiful South as well and so he'd been there all that time and nobody had quite twigged what a great singer he was. It, it did flash yeah. before me when I remember many a sound check where, uh, for whatever reason, one person couldn't make it. He'd often step up and just do the vocals and you just dismiss it at the time. But then I forgot, he's had a really successful career himself. He, he was signed in a band that he was in originally um, as a lead vocalist. So, yeah, he, he's... Not he wasn't. It was a bit nervous. Obviously, the first gig was really nerve-wracking. Um, but we did it in our hometown. The majority of the band are from Leicester, so we did it in Leicester. And um, it's just gone from strength to strength. He, he's he brings something different to the band. Obviously, playing the saxophone is more of a, a back line. You don't tend to see much of him, but he's he's quite um, flamboyant on stage, and, and it brings a lot of energy to the performance. Yeah. And the good thing is, it meant everything could continue as normal because. So you weren't ready to, to pack up. Exactly. And, People um, still love seeing you. And we're still, thankfully, being invited to do lovely things like this. So uh, hopefully we'll get some bums off seats tonight and everybody will enjoy themselves. And it's about celebrating what is a great band and, and the back catalogue of the Beautiful South. And as you say, you've got quite a big back catalogue as well. So how do you cram it all into a, a festival slot? It's a hard call because you want to do songs everybody knows, but we're lucky enough to have... a a lot of choice so um, a lot of them don't make the cut which is a very sad affair but uh, so we're doing about an hour and 15 and we'll be doing mostly hits uh, with a few from our last album we've got some really nice fans who've been with us since the very beginning and what was our first album has now become a bit of a, a, a staple part of the set now people know the songs and they sing along to them so there'll be a few from Sweet Refrains and, and a lot of the back catalogue as well Does the set change at all? between a festival and when you're maybe touring? Definitely. Um, we tend to do longer, slightly longer. Sets tend to be for festivals slightly shorter and you definitely want to bring in new people to the fold, people who don't necessarily come to the festival to see you. They might be walking into the tent by chance. So you want to definitely grab them with the, the big hits. When we're on tour, we have more of a choice. We've got a longer set. Uh, we tend to play around with some of the songs that haven't 
surface for a few years. And um, for the diehard fans, there's always a, a ripple of excitement when they notice the first few bars of, of a song that hasn't been played for like 10, 15 years. Yeah. Um, the, the, the rarities. Option. Yeah, yeah. And you get a lot of requests, and a lot of them are obscure tracks that were never singles. And, and we try and accommodate as and when we can. And uh, yeah, it, it's a different setup to a festival for sure. Good. Well, certainly looking good with the face paint and the glitter. I know you said you were regretting. It's a bit itchy, though. Itchy. I'm going to have to tap myself. I hope it doesn't fall off while I'm on stage. (laughs) Well, wish you the very best of luck. Thank Thank you for your time. Thanks a lot. John Ilsley, obviously best known for your work with Dire Straits, but in this part of Hampshire, maybe better known as a landlord. A landlord. (laughs) Oh well, I am a la- I am a landlord, but I, I don't stand behind the bar very often. So, is that a passion for you, the the, the pub, or was that a business venture? Well, it's turned into a bit of a passion. I mean, I, I, I sort of got involved a bit by mistake. I, I was in there one day having a drink with some friends, and the manager said he was leaving soon because somebody was selling the pub. And I thought, gosh, I wonder why they're selling it because it was it was so natural and so um, um, without fuss. But it's, it's, it's basically turned into a really great place where the locals um, just meet up. And every, like on a day like this, for instance, the whole of the garden will be full of uh, all local people just having a pint, you know, which is lovely. I like all that. Yeah. But musically, obviously, better known for your work with Dire Straits. So yeah. But, uh, looking yeah. at the set list tonight, packed with hits. Well, the thing about these festivals really is that... Um, you, you, you might as well give. You, you might as well do the things that people are expecting to hear. Yeah. Um, you know, I've got I've got five of my own albums out, so I've got plenty of material. And it's if I do a thing on my own, then I will, I will put a lot of my own stuff in it, 50-50 roughly. But on something like this, you know, people want to hear Brothers in Arms and Money for Nothing and Sultans and things like that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, quite naturally. Yeah. <laughs> I, I still love playing them, and this band I've got plays it great. So why not? Do you miss the days with Dire Straits? Uh, in some ways, yes, but um, in other ways, you know, we we kind of did what we did, and it, it was we had we finished what we wanted to finish, and we had a fantastic run. So I mean, I think we didn't fall out. We we still see each other, and you know, we're still mates. And and, and I'm, I, so as far as I'm concerned, it sort of worked well. And it was you still work with Mark as well, don't you? Yeah, I see Mark from time to time. In fact, I had supper with him last night actually in the, in the pub, funnily enough, um, and because uh, he lives quite close to me down here. So uh, yeah, we see each other from time to time. Now, I'm, I'm sure you get asked this at every interview, and apologies for being boring, but is there any chance ever of a reunion gig? Well, you can never say <laughs> never ever or whatever you want to say, but I think it's highly unlikely. I think if it, if it was going to happen, it would probably happen by now. You know, it's very difficult to recreate the past, and sometimes it's quite good just to leave the past in the past. Yeah. It's just you get ABBA now recording new material after all this time, so yeah. Well, I mean that's good. I mean I don't know. You know, I I, I should doubt it. You know, we're very happy yeah. doing what we do, and you know I, I like being a little bit more low key these days and yeah. doing things like this. And you know we go out every year and play for probably about two or three months with my band in various places of the world. So that's yeah. enough for me. So what have you got lined up? Have you got any another tour lined up at all? Well, we're we're going to go out next year. Perhaps I'm not quite sure when. Probably towards the end. I'm. I'm sort of three quarters of the way on a new uh, album at the moment so I'm still um, progressing with that um, slowly, quite slowly 
here with uh, Phil Swill Odgers of Men They Couldn't Hang fame, but here today with uh, Bobby Valentino. Excellent set, by the way. Thank you very much. We enjoyed it thoroughly. <laughs> good response from the crowd as well. Yeah, it's always good response here. I love it. Uh, yeah, but uh, it's, always, it's nice to see new faces and that as well. Good spot because people are coming in through the gate and they're curious about what's happening and coming. But yeah, yeah, great. Yeah. So. And you've obviously got a real soft spot for, for Wickham, uh, judging by the fact you've written a song about the Wickham Festival. Tell us about it. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I've been coming to, like, I think... I always get disappointed if I miss a Wickham Festival. So either with the Mendicant Hang or as a solo thing or Liberty Cage even, I've played Wickham quite a few times. Uh, and on the times I'm not playing, I try to get down there anyway to sort of watch what's going on. So I absolutely love it. It's just, you know, it just gets better and better every year. But uh, I did a, a little folk club thing at the uh, Boar Hunt, um, or Borrant, some people say, uh, folk club. Uh, they invited me to their open day, and I did, uh, did a set. But I did a little songwriting session with a group of people there, and I'd written a tune on the way down, and I really had no lyrics at all. I think I had the first line, uh, and we just sat in a group, and people were shouting out lyrics, some wouldn't ever get in any song ever <laughs> or not one of mine but uh, uh, but yeah it all came together very quickly in about I'd say the song was written in about 15 minutes uh, with a view to performing it here and the people that kind of co-wrote it with me co-wrote the lyrics um, coming along and joining in in the, in the chorus in the crowd um, but on the car on the way here I was and I didn't have the lyrics written down and I started sort of singing it to myself in the car to just remind me of it and kind of wrote another little verse to include more specific things about Wickham including giving uh, Peter a name check <laughs> Well we've sung in the sun we've sung in the rain Whatever the weather will come back again There's Peter Chequin who puts it all whether you're here in the solo right or, or with the men that couldn't hang so yeah I mean, it is always a pleasure to be here I don't just say uh, you know lip service it's, yeah you know it's, uh, I'd, I, you know if I wasn't here playing you know as long as I'm doing a gig somewhere else I'd make sure I was here yeah yeah it's always good so talking of the men they couldn't hang, what's yeah. in the pipeline? Uh, yeah, good question. Uh, so we've just finished a new album. We did a pledge campaign. There's a, men did a pledge campaign about three years ago. That's the first time we did it. went very, very well. Uh, it, it enabled us to make an album with a budget that you would only be able to make in the old days when you had a, like, a big record contract, big record company behind you, um, but with the freedom to have control of everything. Um, so that was good. So we did that again, made a, a new album, which is a kind of someone described it as a favourite box of chocolates but with new flavours in there it's quite different for the men some kind of well, if there's a classic style to the men there's some of the trademarks in there but there's also um, yeah some new sort of sounds in there we took a long time to record it but not not in the sense of like countless weeks in the studio we would go in for a weekend or a day or three days and, uh, over a period of months part of that as well because my brother is a drummer um, just before we started the album he was diagnosed with liver cancer so um, so he had to go and have uh, 
a liver transplant. And uh, at one point, while he was on the waiting list, um, I booked a studio in, he lives in Scotland now, so I booked a studio in Edinburgh where we would go and do some tracks up there with him because he wasn't allowed to go anywhere more than an hour away from the hospital in case, you know, a donor came up. Um, but anyway, um, so that kind of changed our plans a bit and we worked around that. How is he? He's well, he's had his transplant. He's, uh, he did his first gig with us um, night before last, first full gig with us uh, with a new liver. He, he says he's healthier than any of the rest of us. <laughs> and fitter, you know. You've probably got a better liver than you have. Yeah, I'm sure he has. Yeah, he wouldn't have wanted my one. But um, yeah, so uh, yeah, things are going well for him. Yeah, good. Well, and hopefully we'll see you back here next year, either singing with the men, singing on your own, or just hanging. What, hanging. <laughs> Kate Rosby, very kindly joining us ahead of writing your set list. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I've only just landed. The journey was a little bit hellish. Yeah, it's taken quite like two hours longer than it was meant to, but got here in time and everything. But yes, the set list is not done yet, so nobody knows what they're going to play. Do you know what you're going to play? I have a fair idea, yeah. Do you ever write the set list and think... Go back and do a rarity, or do you ever? Does it ever go to the the spur of the moment? It kind of does, but I have to make sure that I put things on the set list that the band know, because (laughs) I've been playing. uh, This is year 26, so and I've done like what is it 14, 15 albums? So that's a lot of songs. And the current band, I think mainly they've been with me for about five or six years. So there's a lot of songs that they don't still know yet from the back catalogue, but. But that's exactly what I do. Every time we do a set list for a tour or anything, I make sure there's some new things in, there's some things from current album in, and then also I try and change about the back catalogue as well and put a few golden oldies in as well, yeah. But I have to make sure they know them, though, <laughs> yes. And this is your first visit to Wickham? It, it certainly is, yeah. Yeah, it's absolutely beautiful so far. I've not been out front yet and had to roam about, but, yeah, I can't wait. Yeah, it's, a, it's a wonderful, chilled, relaxed atmosphere here. Yeah, it seems it. It seems it here anyway already yeah everybody's well chilled out it's lovely um well last year we had i don't know whether you know but last year we had a massive deluge just before the festival this year we've been blessed it's absolutely glorious yeah I, I, i guess that makes a difference as well when you're performing it's, it certainly does because it makes a difference to how the crowd feels, how the audience feels. You know, um, we we also have our own festival now called Underneath the Stars, which was actually two weeks ago, and so we know fine well what a difference it can make. You know, and how important it is to have some nice weather. Um, it's my younger brother Joe um, and my older sister Emma, are two of the directors, and Pete, our tech guy, is is the third director of the festival, and they all start to panic like with the, the month before looking. At the weather forecast and but yeah like you say it does make a massive difference to people yeah so what have you got lined up after here uh we are winding our way back across country to cambridge tomorrow because we're playing there on sunday we're doing a few bits and bobs there tomorrow and then the main gig is on sunday and um then back home and i'm currently writing for a new album that we're starting in september so yeah 
and a few Christmas dates. Oh yeah, yeah, in in December, obviously. Yeah, that's all lined up. But then we're doing after Cambridge, we're doing Cropperdy next weekend, which I've never done before, so I'm really looking forward to that. And then we get to have a couple of weeks on holiday with our girls, and then uh, back to it then when we get home. And then it'll be Damien's 40th birthday actually. So yeah, back to that. All the Irish contingent coming over to visit. It's going to be great. So, here with Tom Robinson. Welcome back to Wickham. Nice to be back. Thank you very much. I gather you've had to do a, a pre-record of your BBC show tonight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the whole week compacted earlier earlier on this week, so I had to record two shows and uh, get them in the can. But uh, it's all worth it. Means got her a trouble-free journey home afterwards and uh, be able to listen to myself on the radio. <laughs> so, how does that work when you do a, re, a, a pre-record? Does it does it make it any different in any way? or do you do the same things? With a radio show, when you are just recording kind of dead into into the machine as you go, you're having to kind of listen to a bit of the song before so you get the vibe, so it comes up with the right energy and everything. But there is something about a live radio show that has its own dynamic, and partly because you're getting feedback from listeners as you go, and people go, oh, what was that track you just played? And you know that people are out there listening to it. But also, I think, being on the edge of your seat, knowing that you haven't got any chance at a second take, you've got to say it right, and that you'll make mistakes, but it'll be spontaneous and a bit more real. So I always prefer doing them live, but... Um, you know, over the years, you you acquire ways of, of trying to give it the same kind of energy. Yeah, so you miss, miss maybe the adrenaline buzz a little bit. Yeah, but on the other hand, you know exactly what you are going to play in the show because you don't run out of time or anything. So you know exactly which artists will be played and when. So you can get onto Twitter and tell them that morning they're going to be on the radio tonight, yeah, yeah. which in itself is a really nice thing. So they can actually tell their fans to listen in and stuff. And it means a lot to the artists to know in advance that they're going to be on the radio rather than that you were played last night. Yeah. So how do you compare the uh, the two careers that you've got, the, the playing live and the uh, broadcasting live? I presume you prefer playing still? They're both different sides of the same coin, which is communication. So when you're writing a song, you're trying to communicate an idea. And when you're, pl- uh, when you're playing someone else's song on the radio, you're still trying to communicate your enthusiasm for that music and the reasons why it's interesting and the reasons why the artist is interesting. So um, it, it's still talking to other people and trying to put an idea across to them. Um, I, I was on the road for 30 years, so you know I have done my share. <laughs> of slogging up and down the motorways in vehicles and playing to 50 people in a pub. And, uh, you know, it has its charms, but it also has its limits. Absolutely. We, we chatted to Steve Harley on Thursday night, actually spoke to him on his tour bus, which is more like a hotel. And slightly different from the tour buses, probably, that you slept up and down the motorways in to start with. Yeah, I mean, Steve Harley operated an entirely different <laughs> level from me, but um, even, even so, I think I'd much rather sleep in my own bed, know where the next crust is coming from, and have regular employment, and um, see my kids grow up. So what have you got in the pipeline now after, after Wickham? Well, there's back to the radio for a little bit. I've got a... Um, the rest of August and the rest of uh, September but then October everything goes mayhem because it's the 40th anniversary of my debut album Power in the Darkness so we're doing a 19 date tour 
to promote that and we've got shows in Brighton and Southampton uh, for that and we're playing the entire Power in the Darkness album all the way through oh that would be fantastic you know and then no songs guaranteed no songs newer than 1978 so every song that we play that in, in the set will be 40 years old or so, more so perfect for the old fogies like me well it's also perfect for the young fogies because the, you know they'll have heard that stuff as a vintage thing um, the, the, the younger people that know me through the radio who have come to my music later on and for them to actually get an approximation of what it was like four decades yeah. ago in the punk era and trying to play with that same intensity the energy, and the, energy. Yeah. Uh, so we managed to record the gigs at the 100 Club last, last year because they sold out in three days and we recorded them all and we've made a live album from it so there is a live album of all those songs in that order with this band on the way which is going to be fun so when's that going to be out? that'll be out in September just, just ahead of the tour and then the thing is because 246 Motorway and Glad to Be Gay weren't on the original album. We play those as the encore at the end, as yeah. a surprise encore, which we now <laughs> announce in advance. Um, so there's still enough scope for it to be a full-length show with all the songs that everybody knows. Yeah. I think last time you were here, you were uh, pre- previewing some of the new material from your new album, which went down really well. Yeah, we'll, we'll do a, a, a small handful, maybe three of those songs again today because they went down so well. Um, it was lovely how open people were to yeah. the uh, new songs and go, yeah, all right, to show us what you got, Tom. And, yeah. and they responded really well. So um, we do play those in a show like this where we've got a kind of a, a wider audience, but where people are coming specifically for the Power in the Darkness show, then that's uh, that's an oldies only show I used to avoid those like the plague but I think now that the new album has gone down so well and been so well received and so well reviewed and been a six music album of the day I don't feel I've got anything to prove by not doing the old songs before it was a bit of a threat oh they only like his old songs (laughs) but now I know people like the new ones then let's go back and revisit and do justice to to the original recordings that'd be exciting so we're in Southampton are you? we're at 1865 it's good good venue really good venue so look forward to seeing you there nice one thank you so much thank you very much we hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Wiccan Festival podcast make sure to download the second special edition to hear from the likes of Steve Harley and Richard Thompson tickets are still available for this year's festival and can be bought from wiccanfestival.co.uk forward slash tickets find us on Instagram Facebook YouTube and on Twitter at Festival Wicked.